Now, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. And this is a story that I've told many, many times, and I do love telling it. And it's from a house in the parish of Firth. It's called Langalur. Langalur is one of those old-fashioned, traditional longhouses that you find in Orkney. It had the barn was built on one end, and the the house, the domestic house, was on the other end. And there was a, maybe a buyer in between as well. And it had a fire in the middle of the floor, and it had nook beds. Now, a nook bed is a bed that is built into the wall of the house, and it has stone slabs on the outside of it to just allow a very, very small uh, opening so that you could crawl in and out without letting in too much drafts. Now, in the room next to where the fire and the nook bed was, there was another room, and it had a rounded wall built into it that had a stone shelf in it called the say bank. Now, a say bank was the stone shelf where the say sat. A say was a wooden tub that you kept the drinking water for the house in. Now, I was told this story quite a lot of years ago now, 25 years ago, during the Orkney Science Festival, there was a bus tour of vernacular farm buildings, and we ended up at Langelower. And <clears throat> right next to Langelower is the farm of Redland. And Ian Scott, the late Ian Scott, who was a lovely, lovely man, uh, he came out to see us, and we were chatting away because we knew each other, and he said, Do you know the story about the baby that was born here? And I said, no, no, I, I, I haven't. And he told me this story. And it's, I guess it's called The Baby Alangalower. Now, this is a true story, as I said. It happened in the late 1700s that there was a family called Corrigal that lived at Langalower. And they were just a young couple and they were expecting their first baby. And, of course, they were all excited about this, about the baby coming. Now, back in those days, there was no doctors. There was no district nurses. What there was was the howdy wife. Now, a howdy wife had many different duties. She delivered babies. But she also tended to the sick as well, maybe reset broken bones. And she also was an undertaker. She would lay out the body, wash it and dress it in its shroud ready to be buried. So she took you into the world and she put you out of the world decently. Well, she didn't work on her own. Usually, when there was a woman going to have a baby, she would call on some of the other women in the neighborhood, women who had had babies themselves, and they would all come and attend with the howdy wife on the young woman who was having the baby. Now, one day, the woman's labor pain started. And she sent her man down to get the howdy wife. The howdy went around the neighbouring houses and got all the women from there too. 
and they all gathered at Langalawa. Now the first thing that they did was anything unnecessary got kicked out the house. So the dog and the husband got booted out. Not necessarily in that order either. And him and the dog set off up to the hills and wandered around there to pass the time, worrying about how it was going back at the house. And he paced to and fro with his dog backwards and forwards for a while. And then he went down to the house. And the woman, uh, there was a woman guarding the door to make sure that he didn't come in. And she said, there's nothing happening yet. On you go. So he went back up to the hillside again. And he wandered around with a dog. And, and then after a while he went back down. And the woman at the door said, there's nothing happening. Off you go. So back to the hillside, and he wanders around for a bit longer this time. And then he says to the dog, Well, you think we should go do now? The dog said, I don't know, I'm a dog. So he went off doing anyway, and the woman in the door is saying, There's nothing happening yet. Off you go. Hmm, funny, he thought. So he went and wandered the hill again, and he came down, and the woman said, There's nothing happening yet. Off you go. And he thought, oh, that's weird. Every time I come down here, the woman in the door seems to be getting a bit more drunk every time. The last time he went down, she didn't even speak. She just pointed in the direction of the hill, and off he went. Well, after another period of wandering backwards and forwards, killing time, he went back down to the house of Langelower, and it was a very different sight that met his eyes this time. The woman in the doorway was standing there in tears, weeping. What's wrong? He said, what's happened? She didn't reply. He rushed into the house, and there was the howdy wife washing the blood from her hands and saying, Ah, well, bite. Never mind. You're young. You'll have more burns. What do you mean, more burns? Well, the burn was born dead. Dead? I did. Dead, you know. Oh, he said. How's my wife? She's fine. She needs to rest, though. But she's fine. But like I said, you're both young. You'll have more. Well, if the thought had occurred to him, which back in those days it probably did, it was a dangerous time, childbirth. He had never voiced it. He'd never given it room in his mind to think about it, to dwell on this. And he said, What? What was it? Pity lass, she said. Pity lass, a little girl. Oh, a daughter. I'd have loved a daughter. Where is she? Well, we part the body through on the sea bank. You know, that stone shelf I mentioned earlier. Oh, well, I want to see her, he said. Well, you can't do that, she said. Why not? It's bad luck, she said. If a man sees a stillborn child, says the howdy wife, he'll never have another bairn. He'll be sterile after that. Rubbish, she says. I don't care. I want to see my bairn. And he pushes past her, and he went into the room, and there on the sea bank, on the stone shelf, the cold stone shelf, lay a tiny little body.
just a tiny little scrap of humanity. And he looked at her, and the lump in his throat choked him, and the tears were brimming in his eyes, and he thought, poor wee thing, never stood a chance, never felt the wind in her hair or the sun on her face or nothing. And then he noticed, wait a minute, that child's breathing. So he picked it up, and sure enough, the bear made a slight movement made a slight noise, but it was alive. He carried it through and gave it to his wife. She took it into the bed with her and warmed it up, and then she put it to the breast, and it soaked, and it was fine. And then they realized what had happened. You see, back in those days, not only was there no doctors and district nurses and stuff, there was no painkillers either. There was no epidurals, no gas in air, no nothing, not even an aspirin. But what there was plenty of was good, strong, Orkney home-brewed ale. So the lass was given strong home-brew to drink, to dull the pain. Well, the howdy wife and the other women, they're sociable creatures, you know. They didn't like to see the poor lass drinking on her own, so they were joining into drinking. And you see, all that alcohol in the mother's bloodstream was going into the baby, and when the baby was born, it was drunk. It was paralytic. It never moved, it never made a sound, not a squeak. And the howdy wife who had had a few herself anyway, in a darkened hoose, you know, and very little windows in those old hooses, just kind of went, ugh, another did one, and poof, dumped it on the stone shelf. And so the man saved his daughter, and she grew up, and she married, and emigrated to New Zealand. Now, the story doesn't end there, though, because many, many, many decades later, over a hundred years later, sometime in the late 1960s, there was a knock at the door at Redland, and Ian remembered it well. His father went and opened the door, and there was a couple of strangers. Excuse me, they said, in a obviously an accent that wasn't the Arcadian. And he said, Can we have a look at the old house at Langelauer? Sure, they said, Yeah, of course. Why, why do you want to see that? Well, we have an ancestor that came from here, uh, Corrigal to name. Ah, right. And, uh, and where are you from? Oh, we're from New Zealand. Oh, right. Ah, Yes, he says, and when did he leave? Oh, I mean, early 1800s. Oh, yes, it all made perfect sense. So they went out, they showed them the place, and then Ian's father said, Do you know the story about your ancestor's birth? No, they'd never heard it. And it's hardly surprising, because it's not the sort of thing that you would have passed down in the family. And remember, this is in the, the days of like the the great um, the great Georgian writers like Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters and all. And 
It's hardly the sort of thing that would make a very good BBC costume drama, now would it, you know? If your leading lady, the heroine, was to say, like, Oh, Mr. Darcy, when I was born, I was so pissed, they thought I was dead. You know, I mean, it's not very good for trying to gain a husband back in those days. So it was never mentioned. But the story was passed down in Orkney from generation to generation. And so they heard the story of how their ancestor was born, and also how she was almost lost. Well, when they went home, they had with them more than just photographs, postcards, souvenirs of Orkney, they had a story of where they came from. And that, my dear friends, is the power of storytelling. <laughs> 